You're listening to Payments Innovation, a podcast dedicated to helping business leaders navigate today's global digital economy. Looking to learn about the latest innovations within fintech and payments? You've come to the right place. Let's get into the show. Hello, everyone. (laughs) This is Tara Hayward, and I am your host of the Payments Innovation Podcast, focusing on the Fintech Karaoke mini-series, really highlighting partnerships in the fintech ecosystem. So I'm very excited today to have Yuval Brisker, the uh, co-founder and CEO of Alvieri. Welcome, Yuval. Thank you. Glad to be here. Great having you. So before we dig in, um, I would love to have you introduce yourself, talk a little bit about your background and what, what it is that Alvieri does. Well, I'm, uh, I'm a serial entrepreneur. I get that badge at this point. <laughs> um, I've been in the tech industry for about 20 plus years. I started my career as an architect, like a real building architect. <clears throat> but quickly, you know, within the first few years of my practice, realized that the uh, real cathedrals uh, are being built in technology today, not in architecture. And I transitioned out of architecture in a kind of in a few, in a few uh, phases uh, and, and ultimately ended in, in, a, in the sort of software and software development world. I'm, not a, I'm actually not a developer myself. I call myself a technologist, mm-hmm. meaning I think about software and I dream software, but I can't write a line of code. <laughs> um, uh, but for that, I've always had amazing partners and amazing you know, collaborators and colleagues and employees that have always been able to not just take my, you know, some of the ideas that I have and bring them into life, but take them and really just run with them like nobody's business and turn them into brilliant products. So, uh, for, and for those, I don't take any credit. It's all they're doing, but I am kind of a, a connector and an initiator and, uh, you know, and a kind of person that, that, that loves to, you know, you know, do new things and, and mostly to to work in collaboration and teams with people and, and create and bring you know good things to life. So I've been very fortunate that I've had a lot of phenomenal um, you know people that I've met along with the ro- around the road. And uh, um, I started my first uh, software company in 2003. It was a very early SaaS enterprise SaaS uh, um, product that. Uh, that was focused on what's called field service management. That means software that manages technicians, delivery people, installation people, maintenance people. And the key premise behind it was to build a software that could predict when a customer, when a technician or a service person goes to a customer's home. So, you know, and give them a very short window to wait instead of a four hour window that people used to ah. wait for uh, in those <laughs> people days. People love that software. I can tell you, I would have loved it. <laughs> I mean, you know, in those days where, especially in the time, days when, you know, cable was king, free over the top streaming, that was something that annoyed customers enormously waiting for four or six hours for, for a cable guy to come to their home. So we really solved that problem and we did it on a global scale. We, uh, we, we built a very early sort of machine learning uh, engine that would predict with a high degree of accuracy when an appointment would happen and how long it would actually take and really brought down the, the, sort of the window to one hour with about 98% accuracy. And we did it across the globe. We had customers and employees in about 25 countries. Over 750 people worked for the company. And uh, we had continuous growth and, and name brand customers that you would recognize. And we went from AT&T to Cox Communications, Dish Network, Home Depot, Liberty Mutual, Vodafone, Telefonica, et cetera, et cetera. I had customers in 
places as far as New Zealand and Australia and uh, Finland and, you know, Argentina. So in Chile and Argentina. So it was really a global business. And the company was acquired by Oracle in the summer of 14. Sort of great outcome for all everyone, the investors, the employees, and 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 the customers. I, I really felt like you know, kind of brought the customers to a safe harbor yeah. uh, that would take care of them for the long term. And then I, I and then I spent about two years at Oracle, uh, really transitioning the customers, the employees, and the product into Oracle's business. And uh, in uh, in January of seventeen, I started uh, my first fintech. I decided I don't want to be in uh, enterprise software anymore, which is kind of ironic because I'm back in it right now. But <laughs> I, I wanted I wanted to actually build consumer-based software. It always interested me, you know, to figure out how to actually break into the consumer market. Well, I found out it was incredibly hard. I actually, and in fact, really not just hard, but didn't actually fit my personality in a way. And I'll, I can talk about that, it's a, you know, if you're interested. But the, but the bottom line is we started a payment app. Uh, myself and one of my brilliant, most brilliant employees at Toa, my previous company, and uh, and and the premise behind the app was that it would allow anybody to exchange money without having to exchange personal information, and that meant you know kind of an anonymous give and get that would allow people to uh, exchange money just like cash in a sense. So that was you know the attempt to really build a payment, a new kind of payment app that would really focus on privacy and turned out that it's not so people aren't that interested in privacy. <laughs> it's not everything that people say, you know, people say, Oh, I'm so, you know, privacy is so important to me, but it turned out that that wasn't a driver for people downloading and using the app. And, you know, and, and the other thing was that we realized how complicated and difficult it is to actually get into, you know, launch a financial services business you know, regulators, banks, you know, networks, partners, uh, you know, the processors, everything, you know, fraud, risk, all the different components that make up uh, the, the sort of the, the ecosystem that enables financial services. You know, people don't know that that how difficult it is. And I certainly didn't know going in. And, you know, it's the classic. If I knew, I probably wouldn't have done it. <laughs> But thank God I did. I didn't know because I went into it. But uh, and and the, the company that I founded called Mezu was really focused on you know that kind of you know in person P two P transaction. But it really ultimately, even though we had a million downloads of the app, it, it ultimately didn't take off the way we it, it envisioned. And during that time that we were trying to get it going, kind of Venmo went from being kind of the you know uh, the millennial app. In, or the college app to being a household word with a verb, and it went and cash went from being a side app, you know, of Square to being like the main Square event. Yeah. And so we realized, you know, there's no room for a third app in this market, and so we decided to take these enormously amazing assets that we built, partnerships like the one we have with Currency Cloud, as well as you know our relationships with the banking industry, with the regulators. We've gone off and gotten you know, licenses in, 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 in the United States and Canada. So we realized we'd built, an, and oh, just as a side you know, story, we built this incredibly robust, very flexible, very modular, very scalable, very modern platform that could enable any company to use, our, to, to use the, the platform to become a financial services provider. So, and, and it was funny because along the way, people did ask us, you know, because they realized, oh, wow, this, this platform has a lot of depth and breadth. 
can we can we use it? And we said, no, no, that's our our platform. You know? <laughs> yeah. we, we don't let anybody else use that. And we didn't, we weren't really as a business focused on that. Yeah. Uh, but when we finally kind of hit the wall and said, you know, this thing is not going, the measure's not going anywhere, you know, the first thing that came to mind was, you know, we could actually kind of remove the consumer layer and go back to our roots as yeah. enterprise people <laughs> and start really selling or delivering or offering our, 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 our platform as a way for any brand to be able to launch financial services with ease, with speed, and in a completely streamlined, seamless way. So, you know, and really, really, in a way, respond to what the market was already asking us to do. Yeah, well, I was actually um, going to ask you, because, um, so, what, like, around what year was this that you decided to pivot? Because it, it sounds like maybe time-wise it was aligning well with that, a lot of people realizing, right? I think um, there's a handful of folks out there that kind of tried to build their own consumer app. Like I think Scylla was off of Simple and a few others like that. So, so was this kind yeah. of right around that time that people were saying, man, it is hard to build a banking app? <laughs> I think it was. And, it, you know, the clue for us was really that that some banks actually came to us uh, and I'm not talking about small ones yeah. and said, you know, we, we have older infrastructure, we have older technology, maybe we can, you know, white label what you've built. And, and I, and we were like, no, no, this is ours. We don't, we don't give it out to anybody, but, but, but then we realized, you know, there's, there's a business here and, and it's actually an incredibly viable, potentially viable business because we had suffered the indignities and the difficulties and the challenges and the, and the misery of, yeah. of, of, you know, of, of trying to embed ourselves into the financial services world without having any background in it and without, you know, without really having the understanding of what it takes. So, you know, it suddenly, it, it was just like, you know, one of those aha moments. It's like, oh, we can put all these things together just in a different way, you know, yeah. and, and, and re, re, you know, reshuffle the puzzle and build something that looks different, you know, and, and it is different, but but uses the same components and, and, and has a lot of attractiveness to the market and actually has a visionary approach to where financial services are going. And so this was in 2020, actually. Okay. I mean, it yeah. started kind of 2019. But I would say the thrust of it was really as the pandemic hit, you know, a lot of our marketing efforts for Mezu for the payment app were kind of, you know, sidelined because we couldn't get out there and do anything. And everybody was so freaked out and scared that, you know, we we're like we were paralyzed with our marketing. So we, some of the traditional things that we had done, you know, to acquire customers were no longer available to us. And we had, we had planned to launch in Canada. And, and go to colleges and launch in colleges in Canada because Canada, Canada actually did not have a Venmo. Yep. They have something else, but it's not really Venmo or that kind of P2P app, you know, that kind of modern P2P app. They have kind of a banking you know, app that, that lets people tra you know, transfer across banks. But the minute they closed the door in Canada, it was like, okay, we have nowhere to go, no one to see, nothing yeah. to do. Yeah, and Canada was closed quite a bit longer than the US, right? So it was... Double down on that. <laughs> oh, and, and the door and the door was closed. We couldn't yeah. get in, and yeah. we couldn't get out. And the people that we knew there couldn't come to visit. I mean, it was impossible. So it was like, okay, it's March 2020. First thing the world is, you know, going haywire and crazy. And secondly, our ability to, uh, you know, do anything on the marketing front was limited. Number three, we really kind of started feeling the heat of like, well, we can't really raise money for this thing, and 
and we're, we're and we can't acquire new customers. And it was just it just made sense, you know. It was just one of those things that uh, that all ro- all you know roads you know go to Rome. And in this case, Rome was very clear for us. So, so we we did we did. The love, oh yeah, and and well, I would love to talk about because so obviously like perfect timing, right? You said all roads lead, and, and I think it's it's awesome because as I mentioned before, clearly in the past year, this whole like banking as a service and embedded finance has become such a big thing. But I read in one of your articles that you shy away from calling yourself a banking as a service platform because you're more than that. And, and I want to dig into that a little bit because um, you talk a lot about embedded finance and how you see so much opportunity there. So can you talk a little bit about that and why you like to kind of shy away from that hot term of banking as a service and why you think you're a little bit more than that. <laughs> you know, I just see it, 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 you know, it's like banking a service to me is a huge tent. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's such a broad concept that, and that, you know, that includes so many different components and, 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 and a lot of companies that I don't even see as competitors or, or even, you know, they're all cohorts, but I don't see them as, as really companies that I would perceive, you know, them doing what, what I'm doing, mm-hmm. being under that tent, you know, that I just think that it's important for us to clearly differentiate and define what it is that we're offering the market. that's different than sort of this generic, I call it almost generic term. Yeah. Uh, and there's a generic component to it. And I also fear commoditization in everything I do. You know, it's like the minute you're in a, you're, you're the minute somebody says the word you're a commodity. Oh, you know you're a commodity. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you don't want to be there. You, you know? don't want to go there. <laughs> and so I, I just try and be specific. But in our case, specific was is also huge. So, and it's also very nascent and relatively early. So it's yet to be defined clearly and specifically. So that gives us just a lot of opportunity. Number one, to own a term. And I know there's other people out there and we know who they are that are, you know, embedded plans. But I think, you know, it's about first thing, the capabilities, the completeness and the focus on the kind of customers we're going after and what we really want to offer them to do. What do we want to, with a vision that we see for what our customers will be able to do with our app, uh, with our application, with our platform. It's uh-huh. not an application. It's a series of applications. It's a platform, it's a, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's a platform. And, and, and so... Can you actually right. talk about... Sorry, just just for our audience, like I would love to hear like more about the types of customers you are targeting and where you see that sweet spot um, in and what it is that you feel like how you can differentiate compared to some of the other platforms. You know, I, I think that first thing, interestingly enough, even embedded finance at this point, you know, kind of two years in, I would say, has become quite broad and, and, and mostly from a market positioning and, and targeting point of view. I think on one end, you have purely technological embedded finance companies. And on the other hand, where I would position us is really the enterprise focus, enterprise, large scale enterprise focused uh, uh, embedded finance solutions and platforms like us. And why do I say there's a huge difference? And there's some people in the middle, right? And then some people that are going for an enterprise, but smaller enterprises or growing enterprises. I'm really, fo- we're really focused on something that is in our, I would say in our, our core wheelhouse and in our DNA as, 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 a, as, as, as a company and as a team, which is part of why I don't like to say it's, you know, banking as a service, because 
I think there's a, there's a there's your own DNA that you bring to the table. That's not just technology. You know, technology is great, but there's ultimately a customer at the end, <laughs> and and you need to figure out what's the best customer for you, because it's it's an, it, you're going to be the best for the best customer for you. Mm-hmm. You understand yes. what I'm saying? Yes. I mean, right. like, you can only be the best if you yeah. if you find if you clearly find out what the best customers are. For, for, for sure, right? You can't be. You can't be everything to everyone. So you really have to hone in on what it is, like that that customer profile that really you're going to be the best for, right? A hundred percent. And you and, and and by defining what you know what's best for you, then you're defining how you know you can bring the most value. Yeah. Because and, and and to me that's key, and that's always a learning process. And I think that's what I learned in 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 the sort of the mezzo journey is that. The best customers for me and my team with the DNA that we had, which was more, more enterprise focused, were not, you know, everyday consumers. We just didn't have the DNA for it. Yeah. As well as, you know, the best customers for our embedded finance solution at Alvier is not, you know, a startup fintech or even a, you know, a technology company that's looking to, you know, you know, bring in the APIs and, and, and enable some kind of banking capability, which, you know, is completely legit. It's just not my DNA. Yeah. And then if, if it's not my DNA, then I'm not going to be able to bring the best service to those people. So where, so I asked, we asked ourselves where ultimately, where is our best, you know, what is our DNA and where do we best know how to do? And what are we actually most comfortable doing? And that is working with large companies that have, a, that have, you know, ambition and would like to, you know, uh, launch new lines of businesses with uh, innovative products that would expand their business and monetize their existing customer base, but don't know how to do it and don't have the expertise, nor the, nor the technology, nor the, you know, relationships. And anything close to trying to do it by themselves would take them so many years and so much, you know, you know so many barriers and challenges that they would ultimately fail and or you know get to market so late that it would actually not mean anything so that's where we landed we said well what is our dna our dna is selling to you know tier one you know fortune 500 200 150 companies that need to that 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 need someone to come in and you know evangelize a new idea uh, get people excited about the potential to how to, you know, monetize their existing customers and, you know, and, and, and add a new layer of business and, 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 and bring in more revenue from the existing customers they have and potentially attract new customers, but they need help. Yeah. (laughs) They, well, that's, I mean, that's the key thing I think about the difference between banking as a service or, you know, launching a neobank and this whole embedded finance play. It's, it's that you are going into companies whose main line of business is something totally different, right? And so you have to like you have to provide a service that's not just the technology. You need to think about all the different uh, aspects that go into it. And it sounds like that's that's the gap that you're working to fill, which is really exciting. Yeah, because at the end of the day, there's a knowledge component and an experience component and um, and expertise, which is a little bit different than experience. Um, you know, those two kind of are sometimes interchangeable, but I don't actually think they are, um, you know, and, and then there's an, you know, your own, uh, network and, and, and connections and, 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 and relationships and partnerships, all of those, you know, bring to bear, we bring to bear in these kinds of 
in our view of the market. And, and our view is that, you know, anyone, you know, I know that that's kind of the catchphrase. Anyone can be a bank. Anyone can do this. But the question is, who are, who is that anyone? Yeah. <laughs> they can't stay anonymous to a company like us. We yeah. Who are they? Where where is the best application of these kinds of services? Where do you come in? What do you offer at the front end? Are you going to offer the whole suite of products? Probably not. Yeah. You know, and 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 what is the sort of key entry point for you know large corporations like you know like the AT and T's of the world or the Nike's of the world or the automotive companies or the you know you I mean you name it. There's a lot of companies that actually have the wherewithal, the customer base, the power financially, but also kind of maybe stuck on the revenue growth curve and yeah, like need to start? enhance. <laughs> yeah. But but I believe, you know, the the, the key to the to the question that, you know, of what differentiates us is that we're not looking to enable companies that have ambition to become something. We're, our key is to go to where the customers already are, and that's our motto. Go into where the customers, that's what I tell my people. We're going to the, where the customers are, and we're going to help those companies that already have those customers and already have a core business to enhance that business with financial services that fit their business. Yep. They're not, it's, not, it's, not, it's not a you know, generic kind of like, you know, completely uh uh bank in a box right take it or leave it right 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 yeah yeah Yeah, no it's not it's not also like take it or leave yeah it's not take it or leave it but it's also not a you know it's all good for you it's all relevant for you no it's like let's think together what's relevant and how you best go to market and this is not just that's what i'm saying this is not just here's an api and see you later yeah, and so I think that differentiates us significantly from the competition because that's their DNA, and they might be doing embed, they might be doing embedded finance, but their DNA is like here's the API, and you know take the code off our website, yeah. you know, and we'll and we'll support you. But we're the opposite. We're saying don't you know? Yeah, if you really dig deep, you'll find the code on our website. But that's not what's front and center. What's front and center is we're a partner. We're here to help you. You know grow your business, take advantage of this fintech revolution and the, 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 the sort of, you know, long secular change that's happening in, in who actually owns the financial financial customer and accelerate that by, you know, by partnering with the right brands that have the right kind of customers and understand those customers real well, help them understand those customers better, but add on, you know, some kind of financial services that service or product that's relevant as a starting point and then you know the sky's the limit and the world's great yeah <laughs> that's awesome well you know by the way congratulations so you have raised some money this year um two rounds i think totaling 70 million is that right Something yeah. like that. so that's yeah. i mean that's just uh um you know hats off and, and it shows that you. you know people think you're doing something right which i i, I you know i'm very excited and I believe in that as well. So what are your plans? Like with like, what, where are you now? Um, you know, in terms of what are you excited to use the money for? Is it people? Is it technology? Where, where are we going? <laughs> well, people are there. People are everything, right? Yes, yeah. uh, I mean, you know, and, and for me, that's always been the uh, underlying most important thing. You know, I kind of, I would prefer to make a little less money and have happy employees than make a lot more money and have people talk and say bad things about me. I just, that's just you know 
I mean, I think that if you're going to make a lot of money, then you're going to make a lot of money. Does it really matter whether you're going to make a billion or 5 billion or 500 million or a million? I mean, it doesn't really, it's, you know, the long-term, you know, the long-term value of it is your ability to impact in a good way. Yep. From my point of view, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I, I mean, it is a judge, I am judging a little bit, but, <laughs> but uh, you know, because I said, hey, I'm not judging, but, you know, I'm not, I am judging a little bit, but then it's my, you know, this is my journey, right? Yeah. So my journey is like, I want to bring on the best people. I want to create the best workplace and I want to help and I want to bring, you know, great products to customers and help them too, you know, yeah. and, and, and help their careers and their growth and open up their minds and, and do it collaboratively in a partnership sort of environment and then and, and work with other companies like Currency Cloud that have similar ideas and, and want to do similar things, as well as, you know, ultimately in the third, at the third degree, you know, with, with, with those client customers as well. So there's a long chain of customer care. And I'm saying that not in a technical term. I'm saying that in the real sense of the word care. I think there's a long chain of, chain of customer care. And, what goes around comes around. <laughs> my, you know, it's a small industry, right? Exactly. No, it's also a small world. It is a small world. <laughs> so, I mean, the, the 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 sense that I have is, you know, what am I going to do with the money? I'm going to number one, bring on a lot of good people that, and give them an opportunity to realize themselves within the context of what we're doing. As 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 a mission, our goal is to grow globally, and uh, and to be able to provide the service everywhere. And, and, and partner with the best brands that, you know, have the most potential to, you know, continue to evolve the, the, the revolution that started with, with you know, with, with, uh, with the early fintechs. You know, first generation, I would call PayPal, you know, really the progenitor of all, you know, fintech revolutions. And, and then, then the second, you know, second uh, generation being kind of the stripes, the chimes, the Robin hoods, the sofas, the, you know, all those. And I think we're kind of part of the third generation, which is all about enablement and taking it out beyond sort of the traditional sphere into a new sort of frontier where, you know, where, where you can actually cross into the main majority by, by, attaching yourself to trusted brands rather than trying to build brand by yourself. Absolutely. And that's also, by the way, what I found, you know, with Mezu, because I found that really brand building and financial services is incredibly difficult. It's very hard. It's very, very difficult. Yeah. Towards um, the consumer. Right. Exactly. Like towards, towards the end, you, again, in that idea of like, you can't be everything to everyone, like trying to build a brand for all sorts of different consumer, uh, you know, niche areas is, is very difficult. You have to really know, know your customer and, and so building that infrastructure and letting letting folks build their own brand, I think is a it's a it's a good move, right? Especially when you know that's in your DNA, as you said. So well, um before we wrap up here, um anything else you'd like to share with our audience uh today about Alvieri and your journey? I mean, I think uh, first thing, uh, you know, what's interesting in my own journey is and I and I think that it, it is relevant for, you know, people to to sense that there's no you know success is never really a given right it, it's a, it, 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 it's a, it entails a lot of hard work and a lot of thinking a lot of premeditated activity and and a lot of you know grit and perseverance and i would say that you know that is the most important thing that you can that I, you know i take away from my own you know past is that 
you know, the, the notion of never giving up is key and, and not, you know, letting things, uh, you know, not letting everything else dictate your future, but, and not letting even the circumstances of what you're experiencing in that very moment say that this is the end game, you know, you know, there's always more potential if you can stick with it and, 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 and figure out a way to keep moving. So that's the first thing I'd say. And, 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 Maybe that should be the last thing I'd say. <laughs> but the other thing I think is that what's exciting to me about the embedded finance space is that, you know, it presents a new, a whole new paradigm of how people, you know, will, you will consume financial services. And it's ultimately a great response to sort of the, uh, the, the challenges that were brought up, you know, during the financial crisis that really was the true, you know, catalyst for this the latest, you know, burst of, of creativity around financial services and crypto and all the things that we're seeing today. So I think, you know, ultimately, my what make what you know, makes me excited is the idea that, you know, ultimately I'll be able to align myself with a provider for financial services that will really care about me. <laughs> you know, you know that will actually have that will that because because I'm not just offering them a financial service, but maybe offering them, you know, telecom services and along that side, along that I alongside that, I'm also offering them a bank account. Why? Because there's some kind of cross-fertilization between the two. And I make it valuable for both of us or any other kind of you know provider. So I think that that when I look sort of into the future, I mean that's where the ultimately if, if we get it right and alongside our customer or client partners, we get it right, then there'll be a long, uh, uh, you know, sort of a 10, 15 year shift, you know, away from having banks as the face to the consumer. And this wouldn't mean that banks don't have a legitimacy to continue to exist. I just think that, that in terms of the customer relationships, banks never really liked the customer relationships. <laughs> so we're going to help you know, put that element of their life out of their misery and, and, you know, and, and bring, you know, the customer relationship to people who actually know how to deal with customers. And that's the vision for embedded finance. Wow. Well, that's exciting. Well, Yuval, thank you so much for your insights today. Really excited to see where Alvier goes over the next couple of years and excited to be uh, partnered with you in that journey. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Me too. Thank you so much for the time. You've been listening to the Payments Innovation Podcast. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe now on iTunes or your favorite podcast player. Thanks for listening. Until next time.